This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by KnitBot, designs by Hannah Fedick. Find out more at KnitBot.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining me for episode 47 of Never Not Knitting, today on the 1st of January, 2011. I cannot believe it's 2011 already, can you? Well, I have a great show in store for you today, but first I wanted to announce, as always, the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who left a comment under the drawing post on my blog was entered to win two skeins of Cascade 220 from Sandersing.com, as well as the French press slipper and best friend sweater patterns. I randomly selected a winner using the online random number generator, and I'm happy to announce that the winner is a knitter with the screen name of Wenting. That's W-E-N-T-I-N-G. Congratulations. Now, unfortunately, this knitter did not leave me with any contact information. So hopefully they are listening today, and when they hear this, will get in touch with me so that I can get their mailing address and get this prize shipped on out to them. Thank you to everyone who participated. And as a reminder, if you leave me your contact information, It's much easier for me to find you and give you your prize if you win. So please remember to leave your contact information for me next time you enter a drawing. Even just your email address would be really helpful. So now on to a knitting update. Since the last episode, I've been knitting up a storm. Seriously, I've been knitting so, so, so much lately. It's crazy. So much, in fact, that my right hand is going numb, and and that hasn't happened to me since last year during the Olympics. So I think that's a sign that I might be overdoing it just a little bit. Anyways, I've been working so hard on my knitting because I'm trying desperately to get ready for Stitches West convention in February. So far, I will have three new patterns released before that time, one of which will be coming out within the next couple of days. This is the fingerless mitt pattern that I've been working on that you heard me mention in the last episode. I started out this design thinking that I was going to create matching mitts to go with the Autumn Vines beret pattern, but that just, well, did not happen at all. Uh, What looked good on paper just did not translate into knitted fabric. After knitting and knitting and re-knitting, this piece ended up going in a completely different direction that I had originally envisioned. It's funny how that happens sometimes. Some of my patterns work out to be exactly what I originally planned out. An example of this was my sheepish cardigan, the very cherry dress, the cedar leaf chalette, the shawl-colored cowl. But other patterns of mine should really be categorized as happy accidents. I started out with one concept, but after binding off, ended up with something entirely different. 
but better. Chloe, the Cosette wrap, and now these mitts are a perfect example of that. But anyways, although they weren't what I originally thought, I'm very happy with how these mitts turned out. They do not match the Autumn Vines beret, but they definitely go along the same theme. This pattern is called Oak Grove, and these mitts feature what looks like a framed embossed oak leaf on the back of the hand. It's very simplistic and striking, in my opinion. The pattern also features two different styles. One version has half fingers, like a fingerless glove, and the other version just has one opening for all of the fingers, like a fingerless mitten, which, honestly, is much easier and faster to knit. Different knitters enjoy different styles, so I try to accommodate everyone's preference in this pattern. Additionally, the pattern shows off these mitts in two different yarns. I knit the fingerless glove version in, I hope I'm saying this right, Sanguine Griffin Boga? Please forgive me if I completely butchered that name. Anyway, it's a wonderful yarn, and I knit it up in this beautiful green-gold colorway called Gladiator Katie Did, and it's great. And the fingerless mitt version is knit up in Becoming Art's Yellow Sport, just like the Autumn Vines Bray. But this time I used a new color called Sunlit Amber, which is equally gorgeous. Both of these yarns were wonderful to work with. It's really hard to pick a favorite. You all know how I feel about Becoming Art's Yellow Sport yarn, as I have used it before and talked extensively about it on the podcast. But this is the first time, actually, that I've worked with the Booga yarn. And yes, everything that everyone says about it is true. I've heard so much about this yarn over the past couple of years. So I was so excited last year when I won a beautiful skein in my favorite color from the Pixie Pearls blog. Since then, it's sat in my stash as one of those special skeins. You know the ones. The skeins that you love so much you're afraid to use them for fear that you will waste them on an unworthy project? Well, I'm glad I finally found a perfect project for this yarn. It showed off the pattern very nicely. The color changes did not distract from the stitch pattern, but just enhanced it. And I was really happy with the result. Not to mention that the yarn is so soft and lovely to work with. And it comes on these gigantic skeins of 412 yards each, so I have plenty left for another project. I'm thinking a matching hat would be nice. I've posted a little preview of the pattern on my blog, so please go check it out and tell me what you think of it. The Oak Grove pattern itself is almost done, and hopefully it'll be released very soon after this podcast airs. I'm hoping within the next few days. Also, just as with the Autumn Vines Beret, Lisa Sanchez of Becoming Art will also be providing kits for this pattern as well. I'll be providing a link to them in this episode's show notes. Besides the Oak Grove pattern and the other two I mentioned, I'm knitting fast and furiously on other designs, trying to get more published before February so that hopefully I'll have even more to show at the upcoming convention. So look forward to lots of new patterns being released over the next few months.
As I mentioned in the outset, this episode's sponsor is Hannah Fedick from Knitbot.com. If you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you have undoubtedly heard Hannah's name mentioned before, because I have many times talked about her beautiful designs, and actually, Hannah was the first designer I interviewed for the podcast, all the way back in episode 4. I first met Hannah online through a mutual friend back in 2008, and then in person later that year when she came from Maine to California and did an event at my local yarn shop. That was really exciting for me, and I talked all about it in the earlier episodes. On that trip, Hannah and her husband Abe stayed with us, and we had a wonderful time together. Our families have so much in common, and we really clicked as friends. Ever since that time, I've closely followed Hannah's design career and have been astounded by all of the amazing and uber-popular patterns she keeps coming out with. You might already know that Hannah is the author of the book Closely Knit, but you might recognize her more from two little words. Whisper Cardigan. Or as I like to call it, the must-knit cardigan of 2009. That pattern appeared in the spring 2009 issue of Interweave Knits, and everybody, yes, everybody, made that cardigan. There are 1,837 projects on Ravelry to date. After the Whisper Cardigan frenzy, Hannah self-published the equally popular featherweight cardigan pattern, and then the lightweight pullover, and many more very cute and very successful designs all of which have done very well. Additionally, more of her design work has been featured in Interweave Knits, in Interweave Weekend Knits, and also Knit Scene. And also, of course, she has the book Closely Knit. Her patterns have appeared in other books. She self-publishes patterns. So basically, what I'm trying to say is, she's all over the place, and knitters just love her patterns. And more recently, Hannah started selling kits for her patterns online through the KnitBot store and now through Etsy.com. And these kits are really cute. The pattern and all the yarn you need comes packaged in this little canvas KnitBot bag. It's very sweet. And also Hannah's latest design venture was designing a little line of jacket patterns using the new Quince & Company yarn. There are two women's jackets and one child's jacket, modeled by Hannah herself and her little baby boy, Jonah. These new patterns are very nice, very wearable, and I think that's what makes Hannah so popular. I think she's really known for the very simple, wearable, and practical garments she creates. Every sweater she makes, I think, now that's something that I could definitely see myself wearing as an everyday, practical sweater. It's simple, it's not fussy, and they're designs that look good on everyone. And obviously, if you look at Hannah's success as a designer, I'm apparently not the only knitter that thinks so. So I invite you to go check out Hannah's work. If you're not already familiar with her as a designer, you can find her design page on Ravelry under her name, Hannah Fettig, or you can check out her blog at knitbot.com. Of course you know that I'll be linking to both in this episode's show notes. As this episode's sponsor, Hannah has kindly offered the generous discount of 25% off everything in her Etsy shop. 
as well as 25% off all of her pattern PDFs on Ravelry. And this is just for the Never Not Knitting listeners and blog readers until January 15th. To receive this discount, just enter the code NNK2011 in the checkout process, either on Etsy.com or on Ravelry. Both websites offer a place for you to enter the coupon code. Remember that in Hannah's Etsy shop, this isn't just an opportunity to buy kits and hard copies of her patterns at a 25% discount. She also has yarn too. She has Malabrigo, some yarn from the Fiber Company, and some Classic Elite. So this is a very cool opportunity. Go take a look at what she has. Also, Hannah has contributed one huge, amazing collection of KnitBot items to this episode's drawing prize. I, of course, will be posting all of the drawing details on my blog within the next few days, but as a preview of what is to come, here is what you have a chance to win. She has contributed hard copies of six of her most popular self-published patterns, the Effortless Cardigan, Yoked Cardigan, Featherweight, Zip-Up Cardigan, Medium Weight Pullover, and Lightweight Pullover. Also, she has offered up two KnitBot kits, one for the Wispy Cardigan, which is a revised version of the original Whisper Cardigan that appeared in Interweave Knits. In this kit, there are four skeins of Malabrigo lace in pearl, along with the pattern. The second kit is for one of her recent hat patterns, called Climbing Cables. In this kit includes the pattern along with two skeins of Classic Elite Fresco in a deep wine color. But that is not all. She has also given a copy of her new Jackets ebook with her three latest patterns featuring the Quince & Company yarn. Now isn't that an amazingly awesome prize? A prize worth entering for? Be sure to check out my blog within the next few days so you can get in on this. There will be one very fortunate winner. For this episode's knitting story, I thought it would be more than appropriate to feature a story contributed by Hannah Fedig herself. And this is a story that all of us mothers can relate to, and it's entitled Sleep Deprivation. My story involves sleep deprivation. Even as I search for the words to tell this tale, my brain churns sluggishly. Yes, I am the mother of a now one-year-old. So much has changed for me over this past year, and still my need to craft drove me from project to bleary-eyed project as I transitioned to my new role of mother. A month or so before my son was born, I was put on bed rest due to high blood pressure. Sure, I was very antsy at times, but let's face it. If you are a knitter, think of the endless hours of blissful knitting bed rest promised. I found myself finishing projects that had been lurking around for years and knitting little sweaters and hats for my babe. This part of this time was quite wonderful. The day I went into labor, before the contraction started coming strong and steady, I cast on a hat to distract myself. I brought it with me to the hospital, thinking that I would surely be looking for some knitting to do at some point over the next few days. Jonah Francis was born after almost 24 hours of labor, my perfect baby boy. There was some concern that he might have an infection, 
so they had us stay in the hospital an entire week just to be sure. It turned out he didn't have an infection, but better safe than sorry. And do you know, with so many nurses and family around, I did find myself finishing that hat. Fast forward a few weeks. My husband Abe and I are home with our newborn, figuring all this infant care stuff out. Jonah was a colicky baby, and he never wanted to be put down. At first, I was fine with this, 100% focused on my little miracle. And then, through the days, I started to feel the old familiar itch. I must work on a craft project. Now. I actually had the urge to sew, and so with Jonah against me in a wrap, I ran the sewing machine, which he pretty much didn't mind. Whenever a friend would show up to hold the baby for a while, I would literally run to my craft area to pick up where I left off. Then, when I was needed back downstairs, I would keep my eyes longingly on my project until I had left the room. As Jonah started to take naps in his bed, short though they were, I would head to my projects. Abe would say, you should take a nap. And my brain would say, you should take a nap. But my heart led me to my crafts, even though the price paid was high, not chiseling away at my growing sleep debt. More than sleep, I needed to work. Quilts and bags, then sweaters and hats. Looking back, it's hard for me to even remember what I was working on in those early days of Jonah, but I do remember the fulfillment it brought. This need to create, I'm sure some of you listeners can relate. It burns strong in some of our bones, even under changing circumstances. As Jonah has become more mobile, crawling and exploring his world, I've moved my desk to the living room so I can peck at things throughout the day. He is fascinated with the swift I use to wind skeins of yarn. And one of his favorite things to do is empty my bins of yarn and fabric onto the floor. I don't mind. I am happy he can participate in his own way in what I love to do. I'm still tired these days, although less so. And now that Jonah sleeps 12 hours at night, I embrace my few hours between when he goes to bed and I go to bed. When I can work on my knitting, think about my day, and look forward to the next. I've been able to make the adjustment to having to pace myself on my projects. It's hard to remember what it was like having endless time to work on things. I'm sure circumstances will continue to change as Jonah grows older and perhaps our family grows, but I'm just as sure that no matter what the circumstances are, I will find space to create. Thank you so much, Hannah, for sharing your story on the podcast. If you listening have a knitting story that you would like to share on the podcast sometime, please contact me as I'm looking to book up stories for the next season's episodes. As a reminder, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. I'm also over on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and you can email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Well, this pretty much wraps up episode 47. Thank you again for listening, and be sure to join me back for a new episode on January 15th, featuring a personal knitting story from designer Kirsten Kapoor from Through the Loops. Until then! She won't even do the dishes The house plants, they're all dead yeah, her needles are a-clickin' From morning until she goes to bed
won't take the time to brush her teeth. Let's not even talk about her hair. If it isn't about knitting, she just doesn't really care. She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. Pop ramen again. She just won't stop the stitching, and the neighbors say it really is quite sad. I don't know about her. She used to be such a sweet girl, but now she doesn't knit. Nobody has clean laundry. No pants. No shirts. No underwear. But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear There's yarn in the fridge In the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry It's even in the washer and dryer That's why she can't do any laundry I need some clothes She's never not knitting, and it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching, and the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. Oh, poor girl. The house is burning up in flames. Call 911. Her husband says, "Get up, let's go." But she can't set down her project She says Just let me finish up this row She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad She just won't stop her stitching And, well, she's losing all she had